Hi, this is Dan Martin with NextGen Waterfronts, and I am talking today to uh, Clayton Harris III. Clayton is the Executive Director of the Illinois International uh, Port District, which is on the south side of Chicago. Um, a quick intro, as I understand it, uh, Chicago exists today as a large metro area because of water transportation, cargo, farm products, and other goods were transported on the old INM Canal, which was lowered by a young Abe Lincoln, to Chicago. There, things were put onto Lakers and shipped east to New York via the Erie Canal and other ports along the way. Not long afterwards, rail came in and increased the throughput capacity and a city was born. Uh, today's Port of Illinois is still in Chicago, but it's moved to the south side away from downtown. Uh, Clayton, can you tell me about it? Describe it physically and then describe what happens here and how you think this could or should change. Hey Dan, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, absolutely. I would say over time, um, <clears throat> as the metropolitan area of Chicago grew and grew up and there was more industry or businesses uh, downtown and then more residential areas, it, it was kind of a natural progression to take the, the larger ships and barge traffic so, and traffic that was coming to and through the city uh, a little bit further away from downtown and just to bring it downtown. So uh, now where Navy Pier is, you know, they used to get uh, naval ships uh, uh, there after uh, all the cargo ships or whatnot, but we no longer control that. So we are on the south side on two facilities, uh, one being Lake Calumet, which is about 1,600 acres, and then Iroquois Landing, which is at the southwest corner of um, Lake Michigan and opening of the Calumet River. And, and to get to to Lake Calumet, you would come up the Calumet River about a mile or so? Uh, it's Not probably um, right at, correct, um, um, through the Great Lakes. And then we're connected uh, through the O'Brien Locks to ultimately the Illinois Mississippi River. So we get a lot of barge traffic that comes up through the uh, heartland of America and from the Gulf Coast as well. So you actually can do the loopers, the people that go down the Mississippi, out New Orleans, uh, go around Florida, up the East Coast, go in the St. Lawrence Seaway or through the area, I suppose, and they come right back to here. They absolutely so can do that. you can circumnavigate the eastern part of the U.S. And actually, there's a that is the term looper that a lot of uh, little towns along that path uh, enjoy visitors. So what cargo actually comes in and goes out? Where is it coming from? What's its destination? Sure. We get uh, here, um, as you probably would expect, a lot of steel, steel products, steel coils, steel rods, steel plates, ingots, um, lumber, uh, quite a bit of lumber is coming to and through the port sugar. Uh, a lot of people don't know PL480, which is food for people, uh, and cooking oil and rice and uh, some grains. We deal a lot with wheat and soy um, as well. Um, precious metals uh, are coming through. Um, aggregate for cement. We have cement factories, and then we have a, a very, very large uh, liquid bulk farm uh, also that we deal with um, natural gas, uh, some petroleum, and different liquid products um, as well. But those are the main commodities that we have. And actually, in, in that answer, you kind of reveal a few things that are interesting about Chicago. One is people probably would not be surprised to discover it's a food products uh, center where things are made, including for many years, it may still be the candy capital. But we're also the number two and possibly neck and neck now with Pittsburgh and steel production. And that, of course, includes uh, Northwest Indiana, all the steel mills along Lake Michigan there. Um, our listeners know boats and ships. How would boats or ships be different coming through here than, say, the big container things that we expect to see coming into 
Port of Los Angeles or Long Beach? Yeah, excellent question. We are a bulk and break bulk port. Um, a lot of the uh, east and west coast ports are container ports. So they're getting containers from Asia or Europe or uh, other destinations where there's a, a large commodities uh, that are just-in-time commodities that are moving to and throughout the United States. So with us, we do get uh, our fair share of containers, uh, but we're more bulk and break bulk. So we're getting commodities that uh, America is built on So when we talk about the steel and, and the wood. So coming through, and this is the uniqueness of the Illinois International Port District, we're both in uh, Great Lakes Port and an Inland Rivers Port. We're the only one that's that. Um, so we get ships that come through the St. Lawrence Seaway. Um, so we get ships coming from Europe uh, and Africa that will come to and through uh, the port. And um, we are uh, dredged uh, to 27 feet, which is the depth of the St. Lawrence Seaway, all the way down from our Iroquois landing to uh, Lake Calumet. So we can get ships there, and then we get barges that are coming up the Mississippi. Um, they typically need a draft between 9 and 11 feet. So we can get uh, barges all the way up to our Lake Calumet facility and to Iroquois landing. So the difference uh, that we really see with our ships and barges uh, for the most part, the barges are carrying domestic commodities, uh, and and for the large part, the ships are carrying uh, international commodities. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it has been, at least historically, the case that the least expensive way to ship something was on water, and obviously contrasting that with rail uh, or trucks. Is that still true? Absolutely. It's the least expensive. It's the most efficient. It's the most environmentally sound and the most uh, or the least impactful on, you know, um, everyday life uh, as far as people are concerned. I hadn't thought of that. So what you're, what you're saying is, is, that the, uh, is that the energy used to ship, I don't know, by tonnage or something on water is less than um, than by, by rail or truck or exponentially. Otherwise. Exponentially. So, so it's actually more environmentally. It's interesting. Um, now, uh, I'm familiar with the LA Long Beach and offloading containers originate in Asia. And as you're pointing out, you, you have some of that, but you actually have uh, the other kind. Um, what happens to the cargo? Is it transferred to trains, trucks, or ships? How do you, I guess you kind of answered this. It, it, it is transferred to ships. I do know you have great rail access, and also uh, Chicago is a huge trucking hub. Is uh, those two statements correct? Absolutely. And for us, another uniqueness of uh, the Illinois International Port District is we have six of the seven North American Class 1 railroads coming to the port. Uh, and just by virtue of being here in Chicago, uh, Chicago is the eastern terminus for western railroads and the western terminus for eastern railroads, and they all converge here in Chicago, and they all come into the port. Well, except for the Kansas City Southern. So six of the seven come into the port, and the KS still comes into the area. And, and that'll be their problem. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, Port Canaveral in Florida uh, has been going through cruise ship uh, uh, businesses. I mean, they're doing phenomenal there. Uh, here in Chicago, they're having some nascent efforts to have cruise ships on the Great Lakes. Um, interestingly, it's mainly European cruise companies <laughs> because they, they, they do that with their own river system. Uh, if anyone watches PBS, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Viking River cruises and they yeah, come. Uh, so, so uh, do we have a do? Is there a cruise business here? And if it if it 
used to grow? Would it grow here at the port? Or is this something that would go to Navy Pier? So uh, there is cruise business here in Chicago, and it actually does come to the port because there were issues with Navy Pier. So once upon a time, the cruise ships were uh, coming to Navy Pier. There were some issues downtown, and they wanted to make sure that they kept Chicago on um, the route. And because of that, the port allowed them to uh, dock here and load and offload. It's not ideal because, you know, we are a bulk and break bulk port, but we try to accommodate. Um, I think that as um, as the cruise industry expands, which is what they're doing on the Great Lakes, uh, and as they want to make sure to keep Chicago in, I think Chicago, the city of Chicago, especially with new administration, is looking at other ways to uh, bring those cruise ships back in downtown at Navy Pier, which I totally get. Uh, but we can certainly accommodate and would accommodate uh, cruise ships coming to the port. So, so right now, and most of the cruise ships, I should say, uh, that operate on the on the Great Lakes are uh, sub 150 people um, in capacity. I think. Are there some bigger ones? There are. I think oh, the, okay. the smallest one that we get here, I think they have um, 250 or 300. Okay. Uh, so we got uh, the Pearl Mist. There's there's about three different lines, and we probably through the season get eight or 10 cruise ships that come in. So do they offload to buses then? And yes. And take them downtown or yes. wherever they go? That sounds, that sounds great. Um, now, Lake Michigan and the other Great Lakes uh, seem to be rising with every passing year. Um, I would say climate change, mm-hmm. uh, normal lake cycles, probably both, or climate change impacting normal lake cycles. And we have an enormous and problematic algae uh, outbreak in Lake Erie right now. Now that's a much shallower lake, so that's a different condition. But um, but uh, but would would you would you uh, agree with the notion that we seem to be having more lake issues than we used to, or is well how would you characterize? It? No, we are we are, and in the few years that I've been here at the port, we've had noticeable. Um, lake levels rise and have to deal with those conditions that are going on. Um, Our docks here, um, especially at Iroquois Landing, which is right on uh, Lake Michigan, uh, are large enough and we're able to sustain with uh, what's going on. But other port directors that I deal with throughout the Great Lakes have had serious issues. We were starting to have issues at our Lake Calumet facility because one of our docks is probably about two, two and a half feet lower than the, the rest of the docks uh, uh, where we were offloading grain from different uh, uh, types of uh, vessels. Um, and the water level was very high there. It didn't uh, breach, but um, it was noticeable. Noticeable. Well, that's interesting. I don't, I don't normally think of the height of docks as being a factor. But in, with rising oceans and rising, uh, I guess, Great Lakes and such, uh, that's an interesting issue. It's sort of like, you know, in airports, you have to have the right sky bridge to get to an okay. A380 or something. Um, recently, uh, you've done some master planning. Uh, why now? Uh, the, the time was right. Uh, we are poised uh, to do a lot more uh, than we have been doing. I would say that um, where the Illinois International Port District uh, has been historically has been good. I think uh, we have an opportunity to do better. Uh, and the best way to do it is to have a clear, concise plan that has taken in all of the stakeholders, all the players in mind and had had, had a discussion. Because we, um, as much as we deal with industry and we're an industrial port, um, part of the port is recreational. 
and this port still on the south side of Chicago is smack dab in the middle of communities. And we want to make sure that we're the, a, a good community uh, friend and steward to the environment. So the best way to do it was with us. What's interesting, too, about your location as a port, too, is that you're kind of on the eastern gateway to Chicago, I-94, which is which carries, I'm going to say, 75% of the traffic uh, truck and uh in uh, an automobile traffic into the city comes right by, runs for I guess two miles or so. Anyhow, seems like it easily, uh, right. yeah, yeah, easily uh, along along your port, um, and 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 you also you know have I've spoken of landside development next to that because you've kind of got that tension between the interstate access and the water access, and there's only a couple hundred yards at some points separating the uh, the interstate and the uh, and, and the slips. Um, what what uh what needs do you expect to explore in this process? What questions do you hope to address? Um, it's how we can balance um, being an economic stimulus for the region with what this port has grown up, what this port means to not only Chicago but you know Northwest Indiana, uh, uh, this region, the Great Lakes region, and then globally and internationally, uh, which is how this port really uh, acts and interacts. We have an, an ERIC initiative, uh, E-R-I-C, and we deal with the topics that I've been here for three years, three and a half years now, that we have um, come to hear from the community and from industry. So we deal with the environment and the economy, recreation and resources, um, innovation and industry, and then conservation and community. So that plan should hopefully bring all of those together so that we have a, a plan that we can publish. You, you know, I should have asked you this at the outset, but if, if there were a short mission statement, uh, I'm sure there's like a very long one, <laughs> but if there was a short mission statement that described what you endeavor to do as you develop the port, what would that be? It would be to continue to be an um, economic stimulus for the city, state, region, and, and, and I know it's, it's not hyperbolic, but also globally, and then to do it in an environmentally sound way as a community partner. Um, and I'm sure I'm not hitting all the things that we have on our stated, but uh, that's really the goal. Well, because you're in an urban setting, uh, or at least on the edge of an urban setting, um, and because uh, a lot of there's a lot of vacant land here on the south side, right up to the edge of the highways and such like that. So it's it, it's potentially urban land because on the other sides it is urban. Uh, it, you uh, you really have a broad range of types of activities and property types that you can have on the on the property. Um, and and I imagine that that's some of the stuff you're looking at for the for the uh, master plan? Absolutely. I mean, people are, are, are a little thrown when we tell them that we have a um, 36-hole golf course. That's yeah. ours, you know, and that's Harborside uh, uh, Golf Facility. But ports, again, uh, uh, or this port specifically, is to be an economic stimulus. And what we had was what used to be the city of Chicago's dump. It was unregulated. They finally regulated. And then they're like, they capped it and they closed it and capped it. And what are we going to do with it? So we took over and put a golf course because we couldn't build too high on it uh, with the cap on there. So it's the best use of land as we are partnering with surrounding and I am told by some people to play. I'm not a golfer myself. Uh, that it, that they almost feel like they have the windswept feel of a Highlands course right. uh, when they're on it. So that makes me wonder what's under those famous Scottish golf courses that they built on dumpsters. <laughs> have to check into that next time I go over there. Um, the, if you had a wish list, and this is just in time for Christmas, if you had a wish list of projects to fund. 
uh, what are, you can't, can't give me the whole list because uh, I'm sure it's pretty long. But what would you say would be on that list? See, all I need you to do is put on that red cap, right? Yeah. Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, I've got a white beard. <laughs> uh, what I would say, first and foremost, we want to look at uh, capital improvements with the port. We have uh, three main uh, transit sheds that were erected in the late 50s, early 60s. And they look like it and they behave like it. And they get the job done. But what the first thing I would do, we're, we're engaged currently actually in our first capital project since 1981, uh, we're redoing Butler Drive. And because we're able to redo that, I think we're primed to um, erect new transit sheds on the uh, south side of Butler Drive. And then the, the sheds that are on the north side of Butler Drive that back up to the lake or are, are, are come to the lake Ultimately, after we have the new sheds erected, we would raise those sheds and put in place newer, more uh, modern and efficient uh, sheds. So that would be the first thing. So that's a really concrete thing you want to do. Correct. Um, Are there any issues, ideas, or possibilities about the port that I have not touched on? I, I would say that, um, first and foremost, you have very comprehensive and great questions. Uh, what I would say that uh, one thing that I, I, I tend to stress is that when it comes to transportation, we're agnostic here at the port. So if it comes on water, you know, normally it's a railroad and river, but we're lake and river. So if it comes on water, um, that's great. If it comes on rail, that's great. If it comes on road, that's great. And we need to be looked at as a logistics hub or the heart or brains of uh, logistics transportation, but we basically serve and will serve uh, any aspect of business or industry. So it could be a distribution center. It could be a a rail hub. It could be, um, you know, a parking for cars, you know, and we have the Ford center around. Um, But, but really what we're trying to do is be that. And when you say the Ford center, uh, uh, there's a major Ford factory, I don't know, a quarter mile away. Correct. Uh, yeah. uh, and and it's where the tourists, I think where the Bronco Explorer is made now. Okay, actually, it's a Chevy Bronco. So it would be a Ford Explorer. Correct. There you uh, go. <laughs> I, I got to catch myself on that one, which is the basis for right now for a lot of police cars around. And our, our vehicles here are Fords. Smartly, smartly. Right. Are there any... Um, uh, are, are, are there any other industries that might surprise people that are, you know, a close shop to here that uh, uh, that you would be the port for? I would tell folks that we get a lot of sugar in uh, here at the port. Yeah, and Clayton sugar, is holding the Tootsie Roll. <laughs> he has a bowl of Tootsie Roll, right. which are made in Chicago. They are, and their sugar comes in here to the port where okay. it is then processed and then sent to their um, uh, centers over there where they make Tootsie Roll. So, um Anybody listening that likes Tootsie Roll or Tootsie Roll products, I would say simply, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right. uh, or, yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> the, uh, are, are there, as, as we sort of look at other uh, uses, I guess uh, I would also say that you're going to, uh, you're going to be finishing your your master plan roughly how many months from now? I mean, these things don't these things aren't quick. No, unfortunately, um, they said eighteen months, but I expect it to be uh, probably by the summer, the summer of twenty twenty. Um, I do have a little note on my computer over th- over there. We want things done correctly, not quickly. Uh, but I'm always ready to go. But we, we're I, I looking think you at the summer. Start a countdown clock. Just as a, every day you take a picture of it and send it to the consulting team. You know, speaking as a consultant, right. but the but the but the other thing I would say too is, uh, is since it's that far away in the summer, uh, if there uh, is a uh, way to talk about what 
some if you reach a point where you're looking at different options or different ideas um if uh, if your game uh, i'd like to repeat this conversation then it may be at the end so as to bring listeners back to where they can understand what you ended up deciding to do with a property that's in the third biggest metro area uh, in the middle of the country, which is also the biggest railhead, I think, in the world still. It used to be, anyhow. Yes. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, thank you very much, Clayton, for uh, the conversation today. And uh, um, any closing thoughts? Uh, first, thank you. And uh, to answer that question, yes, absolutely. Let me know when you want to come back or when we want to have a follow-up conversation. I would do that. And closing thoughts, I would say, is that while I'm absolutely um, an advocate for the Illinois International Port District, Illinois has 19 port districts. Um, di- ports are so key to America's uh, vi- vitality that um, I-, I would just encourage your, your, your listeners to look at ports in a different way and then to explore uh, uh, ports. Reach out to ports near uh, uh, where they are and, and, and think about how they really affect the economy. Actually, that's a, that's a really good point. I had no idea there were that many uh, here in Illinois. Um, and and when we t- typically think of, you know, coastal developments, we're thinking of, you know, new condos, we're thinking of Myrtle Beach, we're thinking of Fort Lauderdale, we're thinking of, uh, you know, Panama City Beach or uh, Galveston Island or something like that. We're not immediately thinking, or the Jersey Shore, we're not thinking of the ports. And the ports are interesting because while the other places that I mentioned all create tourism industry related jobs, the kinds of jobs that are both fed by the industry at ports and are produced at ports themselves are also very important to our economic development and also how we interface with uh, with uh, an angry ocean uh, or, uh, or a rising lake uh, in the years ahead. Mm-hmm.